in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Um, for then you will have your reward. You will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. And he gives a couple of exam examples. He says, so when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward that they may be praised by others. Uh, uh, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. He says this pattern in giving. When you give, you give in such a way that you don't even really realize how much you're giving. In other words, that you're not counting every penny and obsessing over every detail of it. And you certainly don't want to be recognized by others how you give. None of us would sit here and say, well, God just doesn't want us to give. It's pretty clear. He expects us to give, right? That's why he says, when you give. He moves on to prayer. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Same pattern. Don't be like the hypocrites. They like to do it in public so that they may be praised by other people. Okay? He says, they've received their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay? Calls them to a different kind of life. He even tells them that when you pray, don't, don't use a whole lot of, of empty phrases like the Gentiles do. Um, um, don't, don't pray like them. Instead, pray like this. And he gives us uh, what we now know as the Lord's Prayer, which you might call the disciples' prayer. None of us would say praying is not really all that important to God. We really shouldn't worry about praying. And then in chapter 6, verse 16, he says, and when you fast. Now, he's just said when you give, and none of us doubt the necessity to give. He says when you pray, and none of us doubt the necessity to pray. But when we say when you fast, when we get to that, we're like, well, that's just sort of an extreme thing that only the monks do out in the middle of, of, of nowhere. You know, those guys that move off into the desert to be by themselves. Or maybe that's something you do every now and then, but only in the most dire circumstances when you absolutely need to. Or we look at fasting from a completely different perspective. We look at fasting as though it's something you do when you just weigh too much and you, you need to cleanse your body of toxins. And, th and that's the purpose of it. Or when you, when you need to uh, uh, clear your mind of distractions. While those might be good things, that's not biblical fasting. And I would dare say that even though Jesus doesn't come out and command us to fast, I would dare say he expects it of us. Otherwise, he'd have said, if you fast. If he wanted to say, if you fast, he could have used a different word. If he wanted to say, in those most dire of circumstances, if you feel the absolute need to fast, you really don't have to, but just in case you get to one of those places that you feel like you really need to. No, he says, when you fast. I don't know about you, but fasting is 
not something I do nearly regularly enough. So as we talk this morning or this evening, just realize that uh, just realize that you're not the only one. In fact, fasting has kind of gone out of it's gone out of style within Christian circles, really for the last 500 or so years. So you know this is this is a long trend. Tonight, what I want to do is just briefly uh, discuss what a what a right fast looks like, both from the spiritual side of things and from the physical, some, some practical tips. Now, we're not going to fast in here because fasting takes a little bit longer than 10, 15, 20 minutes. Just like we can't do an in-depth Bible study in, in, in just that amount of time, or just like we can't really meditate on Scripture in, in, in its fullest form in that amount of time. We can't really even start the fast, okay? So you're going to have some homework to do. Guys, if y'all cannot behave, I will stop preaching. Jim can sing some more songs, and I will take care of the problem. Yes, sir? Y'all need to sit and behave. Sorry about that. Um, well, here, I think this describes fatherhood well. I don't know if you can see it. That's Matthew chapter 6 in my Bible. Okay, so sometimes parenting is interesting, to say the least. But when we fast, what should it look like? What should we do? What shouldn't we do? It's kind of what we're going to talk about. In fact, let's look at Jesus' words on fasting. Since we're on the subject of fasting and since we're in a passage where Jesus is preaching, let's look at what Jesus says. Verse 16, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, okay? So the pattern has been established. You're going to do this, but don't do it like the hypocrites because here's how the hypocrites do it. And they're only doing it to be praised by other people and they get their reward in full. Nothing else is coming to them. They're, they've got no reward from God for what they're doing because everything they're doing is just to be seen by men, okay? And he, he follows that same pattern here. Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Now, how do you show somebody you're not eating? Well, you disfigure yourself. You make yourself look like you're not eating. You don't shave or wash your hair. You don't put on your makeup. You don't, you don't groom your beard. You don't take care of yourself. You don't wear clean clothes. You go around complaining about how much your stomach's growling because you've been fasting for so long just to be seen by others. He says something to that. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. Keep up your appearance. Now, does that mean you should go over the top? No. But just do what you normally do. Take care of yourself the way you normally would. Just don't eat. That's the only difference. Outwardly, at least that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is, your, who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So when Jesus tells them, when you fast, don't act like you're fasting. Go about your normal, everyday course of business. But when it comes to those times of meals, when it comes to those times where you, where that temptation to eat is strongest, where those hunger pangs are rising up in you. That's the time. That's your cue. That's the alarm clock that goes off that tells you it's time to focus on God. 
Instead of feeding my body, instead of putting food into me to make these little hunger pains go away, I am now going to feed my soul and teach my stomach to sit down and be quiet because it does not control me. God does. That's the pur- That's one purpose of a fast. The purpose of the fast is re- really very simple. It's to submit to God. We don't want to fast the way that the Israelites were fasting back in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 53 paints quite a picture of what a fast ought not to look like. Isaiah 53. Nope, not 53. Oh, goodness, is it? Hang on. I remember the wrong. Ah, 58, sorry. One of those those little curvy letters. 58. Numbers, sorry. Keys. Guys, your daddy messes up a lot. Isaiah 58. Cry loud and do not hold back, the prophet says. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people, this is God talking to Isaiah, excuse me. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways. I say delight to know my ways, you'll see why in just a second. As if they were a nation that did righteousness, and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Excuse me. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Why why haven't you heard of? God, we've been fasting and yet you take no notice. What does God say? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. You catch the irony of those words? The whole point of a fast is to put off your desires, to submit to God. And yet he says, but when you fast, you seek your own pleasure. Even in those things where you are supposed to be submitting to me, you're, you're, not, you're, not, even, you're not even trying. You seek your own pleasure and oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. We have to be very careful. We have a tendency. We have this tendency to do what we want to do and act like we deserve some kind of prize or trophy for how good we are when we do something else we 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 treat people like dirt and then expect to receive a a person of the year award we act like everything is about us and then when people say oh no 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 you know i'm just it's just a little thing the problem is we carry that into the spiritual disciplines too we pray god this is this is your god i trust you with this completely and then we walk around still grabbing hold of it because we never really let it go. Maybe it's that grudge or maybe it's that anxiety over a particular issue. We, we act like we want to do the right thing. We want to say the right words. Like it's some kind of spell or incantation that if I just, if I just follow this formula, then God has to follow my will. That's not the point at all. When you fast, don't fast like this. Bring your lifestyle in accordance. Bring bring yourself into submission to God. That's a proper fast. 
Is such a fast that I choose, a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? It doesn't matter how much you seem to be doing for God when your heart's not right. He says, is this not the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness? Wouldn't I rather see you actually care for the oppressed? Wouldn't I actually rather see you undo the straps of the yoke? To let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up suddenly. You really want to fast that will impress God? Live the life in conjunction with the fast. Fasting is found, I'm not sure how many times, I looked up the words and I, I don't remember exactly how many times it is in both the Old and the New Testaments, but only one time was it ever commanded and that was by Esther to the Jews in Susa saying, you fast for three days, and me and my maid, maids will fast also, and then I'll go into the king. Remember, the king had declared uh, uh, through, through Haman's plot, the king had, had granted his permission for Haman to write a law that says that all the Jews across the Persian Empire would be destroyed on a particular day. And so Mordecai comes to Esther and says, you gotta, you gotta do something about this. And Esther's like, I can't go into the king. Mordecai says, look, God's going to work out salvation however he wants, but you got to understand, if you don't do this, he's pro you're probably going to face the same punishment too. She finally says, you know what? I've got to do this. Fast and pray for me. We'll fast and pray too. And if I die, I die. I'll go into the king, and if he, if he kills me, he kills me. There's nothing I can do about that. That's the only time fasting is commanded anywhere in Scripture. But yet we see it all over the place. On the Day of Atonement, they were called to afflict themselves. The word isn't to fast, but to afflict themselves. But it became very quickly a fast. I mean, how can you feast when you're not sure whether God's going to accept the offering for your sin that day or not? And so Jesus would pray ask God to forgive them. Even today, they still sing a prayer that says something along the lines of, act for your sake, our God, and not for ours. God, God you, you forgive because of your name, not, not because of us. <laughs> Asking God to show pity upon the body and soul of them whom he has made his people. But fasting isn't just about a crisis. Sometimes fasting is something you do in preparation for what God wants. I think of the story of Jesus in the wilderness. For 40 days, 40 nights, he's traveling around the wilderness, and he is preparing to begin his ministry. And do you remember what he was doing during those 40 days and nights? He was fasting. And then when Satan comes along to tempt him, he's well prepared for the fight. Now, I'm not going to tell you to go fast for 40 days and 40 nights. I'm not going to tell you that. Why not? Because God needs to tell you to do that. But I'll tell you this, if Jesus fasts in preparation for his ministry, it convinces me that there are some times that we need to be fasting in preparation for something God wants to do. 
I'll let him press when and how long. He's big enough. He can, he can work, he can work that out with you. But it still seems to me like fasting is something that we ought to do more of. Both to seek his, his favor, his will upon, uh, whatever we are trying to do for him. To guide us when we're not sure what the right decision is. To, to provide healing to someone who desperately needs it. To forgive us of our sins individually, corporately, nationally. Surely there is some point where we can set aside food for a little while and seek God's will. Let's get a little more practical. If the point is for God and not for us, then how do we do this the right way? First of all, do not do what I did in college, okay? Use an example. I did the 30-hour famine for World Vision. It's where you, you, you get people to uh, make donations and you're going to not eat for 30 hours and the money goes to help uh, uh, hun uh, hunger relief efforts in third, third world countries, okay? Don't do what I did. I started counting as soon as my prior meal was finished. I was bragging about it. And then I scarfed down a whole giant plate full of pancakes at, at Cracker Barrel when it was over. Don't do that. Don't do it that way, okay? Let's be practical for a minute here. What do you do in terms of fast? First of all, well, Jesus told us, do it in secret. No one needs to know but you and God. Now, if you're sitting at dinner and your wife has made a lovely meal and you're sitting there thinking, oh man, I'm fasting and I haven't told her, what am I going to do? You, you have already messed up, okay? Some folks, they might have to know. But as few as possible. Go about your day. Clean yourself up. Do your normal activities. Don't brag. Don't boast. Don't, don't tell anybody you're doing it. Just do it. You might prepare in a couple days in advance by not drinking caffeine or eating certain types of foods. You might eat a few fruits and vegetables that last day before just to help make sure that your system has plenty of nutrition. You might even do it instead of doing a full fast. You might not be able to do that because of health concerns. You might be doing a partial fast or you might only, you might be allowing yourself water, but no food or whatever, whatever form it needs to take for your medical needs. Um, take those kinds of things into precaution. It might be that you just say, you know what? I can't go without eating anything, but I can only eat this simple kind of food. Maybe just white rice or bread or something very simple, just enough so that whatever medical issues I have on a problem. It might be drinking fruit juices throughout the day. Another thing is to start small. Don't go for a 40-day fast right out of the gate. Start with a meal or two. Go a 24-hour period. Richard Foster talks about in his book how uh, when you're doing a shorter-term fast like that, that Oftentimes, the, it's that kind of thing, where you are right now, that helps you build up the ability to do more down the road. And isn't it that way with everything? I mean, you don't, first time I put on roller skates, I could skate for a little bit, fall a lot, right? But I could only wear them for a little bit of time because they would wear on my feet and I, my feet would hurt or whatever. After a few months, wearing them periodically, I could go longer. I could skate faster and better. 
I got better and better at it. Eventually it came to the point where whenever I wanted to put on a pair of my rollerblades, I put them on and I went. There was no rocky, this kind of stuff. I felt comfortable in them. Even today, if I put on a pair of rollerblades, I feel a lot more comfortable than that first day and I haven't rollerbladed in a decade or more. Little by little, we grow and mature, right? He also mentions this tip. He says, if you're going to start to do it for longer periods of time, he said that when you get to about day four is when it really gets hard. Once you get used to one or two day fasts and you're, you're growing in your ability, you'll find that after a couple of, after three or four days, you'll really start to feel hungry. It's when the headaches are the worst. It's when everything just really hits and it's really hard. But then he said after that, about, about day six or seven, it'll be the best time of the entire fast because all that stuff will go away. Your body will settle into the new normal and you'll feel really good. Be careful because that's when it's tempting to say, I got this. He says that when you start to feel hunger pains and others have said this as well, that's the time to focus on God. When you start to really feel like it's hitting hard, that's the time to turn your attention to God because that's the point where God can really begin to speak to you. That's where the warfare is happening. One more practical thing about fasts. Never is fasting mentioned in scripture apart from spiritual purposes. It's almost always mentioned with prayer, sometimes with meditation. It's sometimes mentioned with grieving of sin. In fact, the first four occurrences of fasting, the first one is the, is the, the day of atonement, afflict yourselves. The next three are all sorrow over their sins and military defeats. Judges chapter 20, 1 Samuel 31, 2 Samuel chapter 1 are the next time three fa or fasting is mentioned. And all three of them, there has been a bad battle. Israel has been defeated and somebody is mourning over the loss, over their sins, and they are fasting to, to repent of sin or they're fasting to grieve over what has happened. The guys at Jabesh Gilead, when Saul, uh, uh, Saul is defeated in battle and he loses his head, they bring the body back, they bury it under a tamarisk tree, and they fast for a week to mourn Saul's loss. This is something that we do always, always, always for God. But to really be powerful, you wanna bring it in with everything else. Take time while you're fasting to study, meditate, pray. <clears throat> Take time while you fast to really seek God. And as a certain church sign happens to say today, if you seek me with your whole heart, you'll find me. The biggest thing, the thing that we really need to get about fasting is that it's not a way to earn God's favor. Fasting is not how we impress God. It's how we seek him and how we submit to him. Sometimes we have a problem of submitting because we think we got it and everything's okay. Sometimes we have a problem with submitting because even though it's all out of control, we think somebody else is going to mess this up worse. Sometimes we have a problem with submitting because we're just people and we just don't want to be told what to do. But one, one preacher calls uh, uh, preaching the magnificent tyranny of the gospel. And fasting teaches us that God's, God's control is a magnificent tyranny. 
Yes, he restricts, but there is so much goodness and love from God that his restriction is a means of comfort and peace. And I pray that you find that with fasting, combined with all the other disciplines, that that becomes so much more poignant in your life. Savannah, would you help us? Come on here. I want you to stand where people can see you, okay? Right? No, 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 up here. There you go, okay. You're short, so I want you to be up high so they can see you, okay? Savannah, how long ago was the last time you ate? You don't know? <laughs> yes. How many hours do you think it was? You don't know? You don't want to guess? You think it was a lot of hours or just a, just a few? A few? Like maybe how many? How many do you think? Like give me a number. Seven? Seven hours ago? You think it was seven hours ago? Do you feel like, do you feel like really hungry right now or do you just feel a little bit hungry? Or are you awful? You're awful. <laughs> Not awful. All full. Okay. Just make sure. All right, Savannah, tell me something else. How long do you think you could go without eating? You don't know? How long do you think you could go? How many days? Two. Two? Two days? Okay. You want to try that now? You just don't want to eat for the next two days? <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a winner there. Savannah, let me ask you something. Do you think, do you think it's good for us sometimes to not do something that's really important if there's something more important? Yeah. Do you think that God is worth us sacrificing anything for? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Okay. Do you want to get down now? Yeah. <laughs> good, good. It's okay. When uh, a child views the world, they view it a little differently. They see hours as days. I think uh, S Savannah the other day said that she hasn't been to daycare in like seven years. Um, it's been seven days. <laughs> so we, we view things a little differently. But on the other side of it, looking back, we see things a little more clearly. And fasting is one of those things that I really believe that looking at it from the front looks like it's really scary, really, I don't really need to do that, or I don't know, that seems kind of out there. But when we do it well, I had one time that I fasted for, it was, it was a little over 24 hours. This wasn't the, the time that I was bragging and I was counting it from the time the last meal ended that kind of thing I, I wasn't cheating on it and you know making myself look good this time but i had one time where i fasted for a little over 24 hours and in that period of time it was like god was speaking to me in such a poignant way that i wonder how come i have never done this before and it made me wonder if god is sitting in heaven just waiting for us to seek him why don't we use every means at our disposal to seek him with our whole hearts? I pray that you'll find fasting worth the effort. Father, this is one of those things that's not a normal thing for us to think about. It's not something that, it's not something that we, we run, uh, uh, that we 
jump at the opportunity that we line up for days in advance in order to, to get a chance to do this. Well, Father, we also know that you respond when we humble ourselves before you. Paul said, I beat my body into subjection. He, he, he meant that only half figuratively. He, that word is one of having to fight his body down. And Lord, sometimes we need to fight our bodies down to bring it into subjection to you. Sometimes we need to, we need to go above and beyond to seek you. Lord, help us. Help us be faithful. When we fast, help us to do it in a way that pleases you, whether it's for guidance or for healing, whether it's for someone else or for ourselves, whether it's for us personally or us nationally, whether we do it together or whether we do it individually. Father, help us do it to please you. Help us bring ourselves in submission to you, not just so we get a good experience, not just so we get the blessings of good things, not just so we make you do what we want. Father, help us submit to you so that you can do what you want in us. God, help each and every one of us follow you more and more and more. In Christ's name we pray, amen.